0: Hey family, I'm Coach Cass. Welcome to the Hub. I am so excited because today I have Monica Faye, professional organizer from New York City, baby. How you?
1: How are you? I am
0: fabulous. So for those of you who don't know, Monica and I met on Clubhouse in the wee early days of Clubhouse and we are Clubhouse friends. And I just had to bring her on because she shared such great information that I think so many people overlook. Now, you guys know, I often will tell you, you know, as a love coach, how important it is to clear space love physically but I think Monica has a a different spin as a professional organizer that we really need to tune into so Monica come on girlfriend share with us a little something like what what are we missing here you know a lot of us are professional women many are single a few married folk do sneak in here sometime but you know what what are we missing as a society as women when it comes to our clutter?
1: I mean, well, I know the last time we talked, when we had our room on Clubhouse, we talked a lot about how it's important to clear space if you want love to come in your life. And I really am a big believer in that. Anytime you, you want to make a big shift in your life, clearing out the past a little bit is so important so that you don't have to keep all these Um, files in your head of memories and emotions and uh, things you need to do, and that you can be a little bit more focused on what you want and bringing it in and looking for those opportunities. Um, And I think the thing that we're missing here is that, especially as women, we end up being the ones that have an accumulation of everybody else's stuff, our kids' stuff, our family members' stuff, um, you know, just the way society pushes beauty standards and having to shop and makeup and hair products and clothing and uh projects (laughs) and there's always so much pressure to have more hobbies transform yourself get more books to be better at love or psychology or the human condition it's just like we've got so much on us as women. And it's not, I'm not going to say all women, and I'm not going to say all men don't care about this. But it seems like when, when we weigh things on the scales, a lot of, a lot more men are like, mm, take me as I am, whatever, you, you get what you see. And uh, women are like, look, I can transform myself in this way and that way. And it's like, we just start to pile on all these identities on top of the way we were uh, raised and on top of our conditioning from society. And it's like, we need to just declutter all that stuff because it's attached to what we're feeling on the inside. Yeah. And you and I talked a little bit earlier we, uh, before that, before we started recording and we were talking about how, um, you know, a lot of times people will look at their environment and they say, oh, it's cluttered in here. It's driving me crazy. It's making me feel like my ADHD is agitated or I'm overwhelmed, but really I like to look at it the other way. What if we've got stuff going on in our minds first and we are seeing the symptoms of it all over our homes, in the trunk of our cars, in the center console of our cars, (laughs) Um, you know, and it's just like, wait a minute, what if there's so much going on in here, it's physically piling up it's making us late for things we're over scheduling ourselves we just don't have things in a row because we've taken on too much it's piling up all these expectations on ourselves, and then it just comes out so we gotta work backwards right so what do we do
0: Monica because I know there are women listening and watching that are looking at their car trunks at their closets under their beds in the kitchen in the cupboard You know, the drawers. Oh, don't talk about that junk drawer, girl. Okay, so tell us, where do we begin
1: to help with the emotional clutter? Well, I always like to have people start in a very small section and then you're going to work your way up to bigger and bigger rooms, but you want to have a very specific task. And while you do this, you want to make sure that you are listening to the emotions and thoughts that are coming up while you are going through your stuff. And it's so important to listen to yourself because this, this activity of decluttering, everybody wants the end result of organization and the big, beautiful bins. But I think that there is real stock in the work. The why is in the work while you're decluttering what's coming up for you. And it's not always, Oh, I'm, um, you know, I'm a big mess. Sometimes it's like, wow, I, these clothes are a lot smaller than I am now. And you start comparing yourself to where you were. We need to identify that. Like, Hey, am I carrying on this burden of expectation for myself that I can't move forward with this in my life or this, I can't be this confident because one day I'm going to be thinner and and fit into all these clothes I'm stockpiling. Or maybe you go through your papers and things start to come up about a career you had for a long time that's ended um, or hasn't gone as far as you want it to go. And we have to start paying attention. Like, hey, how do I really feel about that? Am I burnt out over these feelings about myself? Can I let this part of my life just be and go? So I don't have to keep seeing the 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 evidence of everything I've ever been through and trying to catch up to it in my head. We just need to give ourselves a break. So when you go through a, a, a part of your house, um, small piece by small piece, you get to, identify those feelings, acknowledge them, and then make make a confident decision. A lot of us are not confident decision makers on letting go of our stuff. It's like, Oh, maybe I'll keep this a little longer. Or if I, if I throw this out, what if all this happens in the future? So when we can acknowledge our emotions attached to our stuff, we can let it go and we can become confident decision makers. So we're not second guessing ourselves all the time. And we're not second guessing ourselves in dating. We are tuned in with ourselves. We're tuned into how we vibe with other people. And it's all because we We've let go of all this other stuff that's been junking up our heads this entire time. Oh my gosh.
0: (laughs) So uh, Monica, girlfriend, I am specifically thinking about my vanity right now. So I have, and I'm like looking at it, right? So I have like three little drawers, Mm -hmm. and you know, and it has little cupboard. And in there, I have like seven combs and brushes. I Mm -hmm. only use one comb or brush thing to comb my hair. I haven't used these suckers in years, but I have them in there. Yeah, It's like, what special guest am I inviting over to suddenly need a brush to comb their, or to brush their hair? You know, like, I'm thinking of that. I'm thinking of like the purse organizer Mm-hmm. that is in there with all the stuff from my purse. But since I don't leave the house anymore, I haven't like put it in the purse to be organized. <laughs> like, so part of me is thinking, should I just dump everything into a garbage bag and not look at it? Because I feel like when you start decluttering, you start to remember things you didn't even remember were there. And then you're like, oh, let me hold on to it when you didn't even remember it was there for the last three years. What do you, what, what do I do with that? Like, well, that just have my so that's the point.
1: well that's the thing so if you get to a point where you know what is in a container and it's been sitting there like let's say you have a bunch of crafting stuff and you're like i'm just i don't even need to look at it i know what paper's in there i'm gonna go donate it or recycle it or let it go or give it to someone you don't have to sift through it because you've already kind of gotten to a place in your mind where you're ready to let go and that's okay you're at that moment you can skip the step of going through things but I do think it's so important to really look through your belongings if you're not at that at that step. If you just kind of, you've been putting things to the side, piling things up, you don't really know what's in there or maybe it's something that's just been sitting there for so long that like when you look at it, it starts to, you have this natural avoidance to it where you, oh, I won't go in that room. I don't even wanna open that drawer. It's because you are avoiding something and it might not be about the item that's there. It's something else you're avoiding and there is that discomfort of confronting it. So I do really think it's important to look at most of your items and let the emotions come up and let it really be so that you can make that decision to let go of it or concentrate on it again.
0: Wow. So that's, that's some heavy, heavy work. I feel like I've been decluttering for the last 12 years and somehow, you know, what my husband says, he says, you get rid of something and some, something else gets ordered. You know, like that's, that's the issue. He's like, it's like you replace it with something else. I'm like, but I need a be kind. I need a be kind sweatshirt, you know, like I need this, you know, (laughs) it's new and it's purple. Like I don't understand what's the problem. I don't have another one. So I I do think I have a shopping. I think I have an Amazon addiction,
1: Monica. Ease of of purchase, like like our proximity to being our purchasing power is so vital because it's so easy to buy things now that we don't have to really make decisions. We're just clicking where it's impulsive. And the thing is, you can buy stuff and, and if you enjoy it and you use it, that's one thing. But if it starts to be that things pile up more because you're buying them um, a lot, then you have to identify what that is. It's like, well, what am I, what am I fulfilling? Like when I have to buy so much all the time and then I don't really get good use out of it. Now you're wearing the purple sweatshirt you're doing a great job, you loved it, you're wearing it, it's a part of your energy, you're doing it. But a lot of people will buy things, buy things, buy things and then it's because they think that it will make them look better, look smarter, um, be more interesting, be more fashionable, be more attractive. And when we start to accumulate things for who we want to be instead of what we enjoy now, we're gonna put into our lives. That is another thing that we have to declutter. We have to declutter why, um, what is it about our feelings about our identity that we aren't close to, we don't feel good about, that we're compensating for that we'll never actually put into real use. So it always goes back to something. I love
0: that. So I was, I was raised by hoarders. Okay. Straight up. (laughs) My grandma, my mama, like literally have rooms that we have called the junk room, right? Mm -hmm. Like just stuff, closets full of clothes, yet still shopping, like multiple closets at multiple houses full of clothes, yet they don't go anywhere. Right. So a a prime example, my grandmother came from Jamaica the other day Mm -hmm. and she was staying at her house, which is maybe 20 minutes from me. And I was taking her out for dinner. So she put on a dress. This dress is like my mother's old dress. So, you know, everything gets passed down. You don't throw anything away. You just pass it along to the next family member, right? And then I'm like, grandma, this dress, this dress doesn't fit. Like, "It, grandma, it doesn't fit. So she's like, no, no, try, try. <laughs> and So the whole thing like pops open. And she's like, I will sew it. You know, I will sew it. Now this is like a little $10 beach dress that she's going to go through the trouble of sewing because she just doesn't want to let it go and so for me sometimes I get so fearful of getting to that place of Mm -hmm. just not wanting to let go of things even books I feel can become like clutter because it's just like once I've read it I'll tell you what it is Mm -hmm. I remember someone saying you know rich people have libraries but poor people have tvs so part of me feels like I always need a library of books to show that I can read, <laughs> you know, yes. I read. And I have gotten rid of a whole lot of books. So right now I have like this little set and then there's one in my living room but we have gotten rid of a lot of books but I know for a fact that I am not opening up these books again. I It's like, I took this one out, like, okay I'm just gonna use it for my coaching practice just for a little bit. And I still didn't open it, you know? <laughs> So like, what do you do with those things that you want to hold on to for like the,
1: the aesthetics, I guess, but you really don't use this stuff. So that, so that you brought up actually several really good points. And I want to say first, um, actual hoarding is like, you can be clinically diagnosed with hoarding and the roots are anything from, and it's not, people think it's like they watch hoarders and they think it's like lazy people who are just dirty and it's like no it's people who have OCD people who have uh, clinical depression people who have uh, traumatic brain injury all to ty- alcoholism all types of things and and they cannot let it's really hard to let go now there's also something but
0: also coming from nothing right yeah. because that's like what my family like my grandma had nothing so it's like to just let go of something it's just yeah. a laugh for her and
1: that's the other thing generational and also if you it's um if you have ever had financial insecurity or um a lot of people who have um, had to emigrate into a different country and they start over yeah. it, the value of a dollar is so important and it can be really scary when you go to another country and you have nothing and then you have to build a family and a career So that's really common is like cleanliness is really important, but keeping everything is really important and establishing, trying to establish wealth or legacy or just something there. Um, And that's really, really common. So what, what happens is, especially generationally, you know, 50 years ago, the power of adult, like things were, the purchasing power was different. Now we can buy things really quickly and we can buy them really cheaply. And so people like my mom, she loves to collect stuff from thrift stores. She doesn't need it. And she finds like crystal lamps that she thinks she's like, this is a deal. And she'll buy them. And her house is so neat, but she's got her closets are incredibly organized, but there's just so much stuff in it. It's because she sees things and she's like, how is this so cheap? It's so valuable. And she wants to keep it because that's how she was raised that, that you know, she did not grow up with money. She grew up with six kids. They grew up overseas in a military family in, you know, um, Nepal and India and Turkey. And so they didn't have anything. And, and um, so she keeps those kinds of things. So you have to think of the root of why you're keeping things. Is this a mental health issue? Is it something like alcoholism or depression or, OCD so that you can get real help with it because I think everything starts in the mind or is it Culture is it culture and generational is it financial insecurity that you didn't have the money and now you even though you're good your bills are paid you're like wait a minute what if I need this what like who who am I like what do I go to so it always goes to the root always and so when you brought up the books that's the other part is identity and mm-hmm. I do that with books too. And I actually, I have a funny story. I'll wait for a second to tell you, but with books, especially and information, people will information hoard because it, it creates their identity. It makes me look smarter. It makes me look well-read. I didn't have, you know, if this person didn't have the educational opportunity someone had, the books can make them feel that way. If you were, were kind of weird and isolated as a kid, Books were your escape, and it, and so books especially stand for uh, it's it's an identity thing of of being smart and well read, and to tap into that can be very a very vulnerable experience to be like, okay, I really do love and enjoy books, but am I keeping this for me because this book is special to me, and or am I keeping this book because it makes me look good to whoever's gonna I think is gonna come in and see it? So it always goes back inward, always.
0: Mm. So, so when you come over my house and see no books,
1: <laughs> <laughs> just know
0: I did read yeah. at some point in life. You heard it here. If you come to my house and all the books are gone now, mind you, I have to fight with my husband. So pretty much it would just be my books that'll be gone and then his books
1: would be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that'll be a whole nother bag of chips. <laughs> you know what? It's okay to keep things. It's okay to feel like you need to protect yourself with your items or to have certain items that, Um, really shape your identity we don't have to take it down to the studs like the minimalists do and have like a cup and a book and that's it it's okay to have things you enjoy or make you feel protected it's okay to have those things but the problem happens when we have information overload or when our items start to replace um our alignment with self when Mm. we start to have things that we think are indicators of who we are, but they're not because we're not living that way. We're not thinking that way. We're not speaking that way. And we're not acting that way. So when I when I look at people's homes and I'm like, who do you really want to be? How do you really want to feel here? How do you want to move in this world? How do you want to occur to this world really? Because we can create that with your belongings. And then we can identify with the things that we start to let go, what it triggers up here. So.
0: I have a dream, Monica. I have a dream Mm -hmm. that one day (laughs) I would be a minimalist, right? So my husband, my four-year-old and I quarantined on Sunny Isles Beach, right? So maybe 30 minutes south of where we are on the ocean in a condo. It was an oceanfront condo, great room. And we took like the bare minimum to move into this place for two months. My Mm -hmm. air fryer, my Instapot, (laughs) like four beach outfit, like literally the closets were not full. I had one pair of sandals. My daughter had a couple things. And you know, and we were good. And so my husband was like, wow, if we could really live like this, like we lived two months on whatever. I said, Yeah, but we also weren't going anywhere. We were speaking from our Zoom camera, you know, like, you know, I didn't have to. Do much of anything, but it was just a nice feeling to have so little.
1: Yeah,
0: And then we came back home.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: so much stuff. And I, I, I keep feeling like I just want to throw it all away, but part of you is like, ah, but that's products that I still need to sell. Right. So that's one thing. These are like valuable things that I might sell one day. Then it's the toilet paper. There was a whole. I still don't know why toilet paper was a thing when COVID came out, but I had, you know, like two stacks of toilet paper. So I never worried. And I feel like minimalists do not have any backup. It's like they live life on the edge. It's like yeah. they only have the one can of beans. And if there's no more beans, they're just going to be hungry or they're going to go to the store at midnight. Like what is it that is a minimal, what is a minimalist mindset? Like how do they live? Cause I feel like they, they, they don't, if, if it's dirty sheets, they only have one sheet set. And it's like, they have to wash those sheets and put the same place. There's, there's like no variety in yeah. a min- minimalist life. Is, is that the right? Cause I don't know anybody personally. It's just what I'm seeing on TV. <laughs>
1: yeah. And that's like, that's just a lifestyle. So I don't recommend it for anybody to, if you're going to go from someone who really enjoys your your things and your decor, like you you don't really need to take it down to the studs like that. That is for a specific type of person that life just, their brain feels better when they don't have to make some decisions. They just have what they have. They've got a routine to take care of it. And then they are able to make decisions um, effectively when they need more. And for some people, it's harder to live that way. It's like, why do I have to constantly... Be making decisions to bring more in or to, to um, you know, have a basket ready for a picnic or be able to go skiing. I want those things because I do those things in life. So minimalism isn't for everyone, but it is it is a good practice sometimes to really think like, hey, do I need 75 black shirts? Could I just survive with one? And and not taking maybe your whole, whole home to minimalism, but maybe sections of it. Mm-hmm. Maybe the most lived in parts of your home can be something that's more vibrant, has more items in it, but maybe your garage can be minimalist. Maybe you need a bike rack and you need, you know, a, a can for gas if it runs out and a basketball and, you know, a power hose or something like that. Maybe that's all you need in your garage because you don't you don't function like that. But people will still build up all these rooms because they think they've got to have what they need in there it's like so what if your guest bedroom has a bed and a lamp and a desk that's all you need you don't need to have it all crazy right so i just think that we don't have to employ minimalism throughout our entire lives but just sections of it where we can identify what's really important to us and what's not and if it's not so important let's make that super basic
0: i love it all right girlfriend you now i have. Now I have work to do. Let me tell you, I've 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 sketched down my closet a lot, even though it looks like a bunch of stuff. I have like only 17 outfits there. It makes me very happy. <laughs>
1: good. That sounds really good.
0: But I do order when I go on vacation. It's yeah. a thing. You know, it's just like, oh man, vacation clothes.
1: <laughs> and I don't, you know, I don't want people to start beating themselves up, like, oh, I have too much this and that. It's like, it's not about how you did things wrong or you know, there's a lot of issues and shame around wasting, being wasteful. Yeah. It's just, it's looking at what got you here now, undoing it. So do, making the moves to unburden yourself from all this load that is piled up for years, and then making decisions so that you don't have to go back to that again. So you don't have to have that burden again. So it's okay to have things and to own things and to unload them. But we just have to, once we make those decisions, keep making the decisions so that we can support that that home that we want and that lifestyle that we want and the room in our brain that we want to have left over.
0: So I have one last question. I, I redid my pantry and one of the things, the woman who helped me do that, which was a huge thing, um, was like, you know, once a month to kind of, relook at it because some people think you organize something once Mm -hmm. and that's it you know it's just supposed to be automatic so what, what do you recommend when someone is like organizing their home is there a schedule that you recommend that folks should get on or do or check in like what's your normal routine that you tell women to do
1: so um i would say mail is a big one mail and um clearing off surfaces so some people you know they have spotless kitchens and stuff like that but I find that you to, to really build a routine in decluttering, let's say that you're just kind of cluttered all the time and you're trying to build a routine. What you're gonna to wanna to do is, I, I, it's part of my framework, I call it the surface first rule. And so you're gonna to wanna to pick a surface. Let's say it's your dining table that always everything kind of overflows there. Or maybe it's a chair in your bedroom that clothes pile up. You wanna get real precious about clearing it off every day. Even if the rest of the house is, is in shambles, you wanna build that way. So the surface first rule means before you do any decluttering, before you go to bed, whatever it is, that surface must be cleared off and you start to build that routine. It might even look like in your bathroom, wiping down the bathroom sink so there's not water and toothpaste splattered everywhere and that your toiletries are put back. So every single day for two minutes, you start with that one space and you make sure that it's clear. And then you build on that going forward. So after you've decluttered everything, you really want to just start that routine of looking at things and making sure the surfaces are clear. Now, as far as declutter goes, if you're on your decluttering journey, you want to do it really consistently over time. So you don't want to just run in, try to do your whole house in one weekend, and then you're done for the next six months. You kind of want to build maybe every weekend or time block it into your schedule of decluttering piece by piece. And then you're going to want to, I like to schedule in um, seasonally times that I go back and revisit certain parts of the house that I are not in much use. Um, so my main, main areas like my bathroom, my kitchen, and my living room, the places I'm in the most, that's what you want to maintain on that daily routine or even weekly routine. It doesn't have to be every day. Um, and then check in seasonally for the big clutter pile ups, so that you're not sitting three years later and you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't use any of this. So um, it's not a pressure to be clean and perfect every day. It's just... Um, having integrity with yourself, that one space you can feel really good about before you go to bed every night. And I think that'll really help people start to take ownership of other parts of their home and to really uh, identify where there is something that's not working for them. Maybe you're not getting enough help from a partner. Maybe your kids need to really start pitching in um, to things. Maybe You've, your workload is too much at work and you need to have a discussion there. It always comes down to boundary, boundary issues. When things are piling up too much, it's boundary issues or it's, it's um, the, way thing, the way you've been conditioned to go about your day. Um, and so boundary work is really big and, and it's like, okay, am I not getting enough in my relationship? And so things are just piling up. So just always think about boundaries too. Is it really you or is it maybe you need to let some things go relationships
0: oh my gosh so I'll share a personal story my four-year-old made Mm -hmm. us breakfast
1: (laughs) a couple days ago which
0: is pretty amazing right and and the thing that I I want to point out is that before we go to sleep Mm -hmm. I have her pick up all of her little things that she has across my house Mm because before it'll just be there and our house blew up and it's like wait a second whose stuff is this hers well she needs to learn to put it back, you know? And so it's just a part of the nighttime routine for her to put away her things. Now, most nights we get it right. Some nights I just let her go to sleep, but it, it, it feels good because I'm teaching her how important it is to everything has a home, right? And that we need to put it away. And you see that small sense of accomplishments when she looks around, she's like, ah, it looks good in here. So I love all of this Monica. So no matter if someone is four or 44, they could definitely learn from you. So tell me, how can people find you on social media? What's your IG handle?
1: Um, They can find me at Miss Monica Faye. So that's M-S-M-O-N-I-C-A-F-A-Y. You can find me on Instagram.
0: I love it. Her IG is popping y'all. And if you guys need personal help in terms of decluttering your mind or your life or your home, make sure you reach out to Monica, let her know that you heard her here on the coach cast show. And um, yeah, that's about it guys. Keep loving, keep laughing, keep living. Bye. Have you ever been frustrated with your love life? Wondering why it is you keep choosing the wrong guy after the wrong guy. Would you like to be in a community of amazing professional women to really just be real? A no judgment zone. Join me for the Success in Love Summit, an amazing one day event virtually where we can really work together to uncover what the heck is going on. And I will go through my real love roadmap to launch you into the love life of your dreams. Go to Success in Love Summit. Dot .com see you there